Hello, my name is Lexi Davis. I'm a self-discovery coach, a yoga and meditation instructor, a love enthusiast, and a really playful human being. I serve people through my business, Alive to Enjoy, and this is Heart Snuggles, a holistic wellness podcast where I invite guests to drop into their heart space through authentic conversations and compassionate intentions, all in mini cuddly episodes, hoping that you connect to your truth in the most authentic version of yourself. I hope you enjoy. Welcome everyone to Heart Snuggles. We're so happy you're here today. And I brought a really lovely guest from Australia. So go ahead and tell everyone who you are. Hello, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm really excited to be here. And well, my name is Sigrid Tassias, and I am an embodiment and leadership coach, author, speaker, and modern medicine woman. And I'm happy to dive in into all things embodiment with you today. Yay! So tell us, well, I guess I'll start off with the question of the podcast, which is, what was the last random act of kindness someone did for you? Hmm. Great question. Um, I had someone ship something to me from Montana to Australia just recently without me really knowing. So that was really sweet. Oh, that's so nice. It's a long ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us how you got on this journey of doing embodiment work. Hmm. Well, I used to work in corporate. I have a, a background in corporate, living in the city, doing everything that I thought made sense at the time. And I started to suffer from anxiety, like really deep, intense anxiety. So I started to work with a coach and that opened up a whole world of possibilities for me. And I realized that I was living a life by default, not really a life by design. So I got really excited about personal development and spirituality. But what I didn't know at the time is that I had been approaching personal development and personal growth with the same mindset and the same strategies, let's say, that I was approaching my past life in corporate and the hustle and all of those things. So I did all the right things. I ticked all the boxes, the meditation and the gratitude list and the books and the podcast. I did all the right things. But something within me still wasn't, there was something that I couldn't access. There was something that wasn't clicking and I wasn't feeling more free. I was doing all of the work, but I wasn't really feeling the way I was wishing I could feel. So I had all this information, all this really incredible awareness around my patterns and my attachment styles and my personality and my limiting beliefs and all of the things. But I still didn't feel free. I still didn't feel safe to be totally authentic. I still didn't feel um, safe to be vulnerable. There were so many things that just weren't shifting for me. And it wasn't until I met a really embodied leader and I was in the presence of this woman that everything kind of clicked. So I realized that that was the thing that was missing for me, the embodiment piece, the walking the talk, the taking the concepts from the mind into the body, the somatic embodiment piece of it, the nervous system regulation part of it, catching up with what I had learned in my mind, in my body and allowing it to become second nature. So through doing that and doing from then a lot of embodiment and leadership trainings and sessions for myself and certifications and hundreds of plant medicine ceremonies and all of the things, 
that I really got to understand that this is something that the majority of leaders are missing. We live in a world where we are encouraged to learn a lot of beautiful, amazing data, information, um, things that make sense in the brain, but then we don't do much about. Um, and because this changed my life and my leadership in such a profound way, then I became really passionate about supporting leaders that also want to bring that depth to their legacy, want to bring that depth to their lives and their businesses. So important. I went on that same journey. I'm like, why is this not working? <laughs> like what I'm doing, I keep saying, I'm doing all the right things. Like I don't understand. And it's really hard now too, because now that South Mom has grown, it's just everywhere. And so there's, like you said, there's so much resources. And so it gets confusing if you're not actually integrating it. And so um, if someone's never done embodiment work, can you just describe like how, how one starts or yeah, where can they start? Yeah, so there's many different ways. And I always like to share that uh, when we look at the definition of embodiment, we, we see that it's the representation or expression of something in a tangible or visible form. So the way I like to, to describe it is, or I always bring this question, do you know it? Like for those of you that can't see me, I'm pointing towards my head. Do you know it? Like, do you know it because it made sense? You learned it, maybe memorized it and decided that, that that's one thing that you really think makes a lot of sense, but probably will never do anything about it. Or do you know it? Like, do you know it in your body? Do you know it in a way that is tangibly felt? Do you know it in a way that allows you to really apply those knowings when nobody's watching, when things get challenging? When things get uncomfortable, do you know it or do you know it? So when we start the embodiment work, the journey is a lot about catching the body, allowing the body to catch up with what the mind knows. The body remembers what the mind doesn't. And oftentimes we can read all of the books and consume all of the information and even go to so many seminars and workshops where we learn a lot in a cognitive level, in an intellectual level about who we are and how to behave and how to do things better and how to be powerful and all of those things. But our bodies are still waiting to catch up with all of that knowledge that we are consuming and storing in our brains. So when we start the journey of embodiment, what we do is really allowing the body to first release and move stagnant energy, store trauma, all of these different things that are in the body, doesn't matter how much you consciously know things, your body, until you allow it to, to process those things, carries them. So it's a journey of first releasing that which is stored in the body. And then it's a journey, I see it as a journey of deep regulation and integration, really allowing our nervous system to regulate, to find safety in places where before it learned threat. It's a journey of learning how to repattern our ways of being so that we're not constantly putting stress in our nervous system, so that we're not constantly overwhelming our bodies. And it's a journey of integrating, really allowing all of these amazing things that we learn in our brain to, to be felt, to be really take it in, soak it in. And there's many different things that we can go um, and do about this. Happy to go into that if you want. Yeah, we can go into that. I maybe first let's start about how stress affects the body because I believe it's one of the number one killers and it's like connected to everything. And we're living in a world where we're constantly in stress. We're constantly, we're never, we're never switching off. We're never relaxing. So I think that's really important to tap into a little bit more. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I like to oversimplify this so that you don't have to remember big names and weird things. <laughs> it's like, if you can't make a use of it, it's not helpful at all. But in a really oversimplified way, it impacts literally everything because our nervous systems is, um, are made up of every single nerve in our bodies. So they're everywhere, they're everywhere and they touch everything. So how our nervous systems feel will transpire into every single part of our minds and our bodies. And they will control what we think, what we do and how we feel. So literally every single aspect of our lives on an emotional, physical, mental and energetic level is impacted by stress. So even when we think that it's just a matter of, you know, have to calm down and maybe I put Netflix on and just relax a little bit or have a short meditation or go for a beach walk or whatever. The stress that we that we expose ourselves to is compounding all of the time. So while we think that maybe just switching off for a couple of hours is enough, those things are constantly putting our bodies in a state of fight or flight which does not support us to think clearly. It doesn't support us to truly heal from different wounds and um, the stories that we want to heal. It doesn't allow us to be vulnerable and to trust others, to allow um, ourselves to surrender and allow love in. It definitely gets in the way in a physical, physiological way. So it can impact our digestion. It can impact our sleep. It can impact our cycles as women. It can impact every single aspect of our physical um, experience in our bodies and as I said it also impacts the way we feel and what we think so when we're wanting to take empowered decisions in our business when we're wanting to um, be effective at communication and allowing ourselves to drop into deeper intimacy with our partners all of those juicy things that we want get impacted by stress so while we think that it might be just a mental thing that you can do Monday to Friday and then on the weekend you switch off and then that's all good it actually compounds and it has an effect on every single area of our lives. It's important to understand this. Yeah, that's so, so important and needs to be like heard loud and clear to everyone because it needs to be prioritized and our nervous system. And I, I found too, like, that's been the root of like all my healing. Like when I really started to connect with that, I'm like, whoa, this is something, this is real deal. (laughs) This really is impacting everything in my life. So yes, now I'd love for you to share like some practices that people can do to start embodiment. Yeah. So like there's many things and I I want to come into the somatic um, side of it in a moment. But the first thing that I always like to take my clients through is understanding and really acknowledging where we're out of alignment. A lot of the embodiment work has to do with that somatic piece, but a lot of it, it also has to do with simply getting clear with where are you keeping yourself? Where are you lying to yourself or others? Where are you not being your word? Where are you actioning upon things that are completely against your values or the things that you want, that you say that you want? So understanding that our minds our subconscious mind is watching literally everything that we do everything at all times so when we break our word in big or small ways to ourselves or to others we are sending the message or we are storing that data piece that says you are not trustworthy you are not worthy of trust so it's really tough to feel embodied to feel really in our in ourselves to feel confident to feel dropped in within when we are going against ourselves So a big part of the embodiment work I see is also about 
no longer having that split within between who you say you are and who you truly are, what you say you're about and what you truly are about, what you say you care about and what you actually do invest your time, money, energy into. So it's really about bringing those together so that you can bring more congruence and cohesiveness to who you are and how you be. And it really starts there. Then other tools that we can use, and um, I think this is an important one, so I'll just highlight it for a moment. Ask yourself, where are you not being your word? Like really clearly, where are you actioning or consuming or behaving in ways that aren't aligned with the things that you say you value, you care about, you're about, maybe you preach and teach and coach on even. So really getting clear on that first. And then um, when we want to do deeper somatic work to release trauma from the body, to release really deep stagnant energy, I absolutely encourage and recommend that people seek a professional that can hold space for them. This is something I do with and for my clients because a lot of stuff can come up. So you want to definitely have someone that is um, trained and that is trauma informed and that knows what they're doing and can hold a safe, sacred space for you and really guide you through the experience. Now, on a daily basis, there are things that you can do to start bringing those moments of peace and safety to your nervous system. It's basically you're saying, hey, we're good now. I'm here now. And you're sending that signaling to your body versus waking up in the morning, going straight into your phone, stress, 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 then going into the next thing, looking at the emails or whatever, just going through your life in a way that's constantly overwhelming your nervous system. So some of the simple things that can be done are as easy as meditation, as easy as deep breaths, like really deep belly breathing every single day. I encourage people to connect to their breath before they connect to anything else. Before they connect to phone, before they connect to computers, anything like that, definitely. Before you get on the highway and listen to the radio or to music to get to your Pilates or your yoga class, like before anything, connecting to your breath, definitely. Movement is also really helpful. Um, Jumping and shaking can help a lot. Dancing can help a lot. Um, Swimming and cold showers, even just splashing cold water in your face can be really helpful. And then there are other techniques and other practices that are more, let's say, complex. Um, Not so much complex, but that would, I would recommend people having support through, such as um, other modalities of breath work, such as somatic um, embodiment and somatic releasing tools and things like that. So while I do encourage anyone that really wants to go there and really create long lasting shifts to work with someone that can help them on a daily basis, I always encourage my clients to create a self-regulation tools menu where you can have a few tools, a few things that, you know, support you, such as movement, sound, breath, um, and, and all the things as I mentioned, art, meditation, swimming, all of those things that are bringing your nervous system into a state of peace and safety. And you can do those several times a day. Just make sure that every few hours, I do this for myself, every few hours I have at least a couple of things. And I like to keep it simple. Just find things that are going to support you, but that will not take longer than 30 seconds, for example. I always tell my clients something that you can do in 30 seconds in a public toilet. So you don't need any prompts. You don't need to be in the perfect place. 
You don't need to have a lot of time. You want to find those practices that you can do many times a day, maybe between calls, maybe between meetings, maybe between um, when you have your break at work or whatever it is to continuously bring you back to that place, even if you don't have a lot of time, even if you don't have the space to go to a yoga class or go to a breathwork session or hire a coach to do a deeper process. Like in those moments on the day to day, when you are scheduling those practices and you are creating space to bring that level of embodiment because your nervous system starts to come into a space of regulation and more of who you truly are, not your wounded self, nor your traumatized self can come online. So there's a lot to it, but those few practices are, I, I feel the most simple, easy, doable at any time ones. Yeah. So that's key. It's like those simple things. And we always try to overcomplicate things too. It's like, what, what all I have to do is breathe to regulate it. It's like, yes. Like it doesn't need to be hard. Like we think we have to do so like go the extra miles. And it's like, no, like you said, like, just keep it simple. And so that it's attainable and that you can do it multiple times a day. Like, yeah. so and I also think it's funny how we make excuses. Like we don't have time to do these things and we don't, we just don't value them. It's like, why are we not valuing this, this part of ourselves? Why are we not valuing these practices? And really like looking at yourself, like why don't I just feel deserving of making time for these small things that will make such a big impact? Yeah, absolutely. And I know you're um, good at helping people with magnetizing things as well. So can you speak about how that starts to happen too when you start with embodiment work? Yeah, absolutely. Such a great question. So when we, we get to understand this, if your nervous system doesn't feel ready and safe to have, be, or do something, it simply won't. It doesn't matter how many positive affirmations you do. It doesn't matter how much mindset work you dive into. It doesn't matter how many really intelligent concepts you learn consciously. It just won't. Because if your body, if your nervous system does not feel safe to be, have, experience, do the thing that you're wanting to magnetize, to attract, to manifest into your life, it will try to push it away at all costs to keep you safe. So it's important to understand this because a lot of the personal development work revolves around mindset. And for as long as we're missing the, the regulation tool, uh, when it comes to really bringing the nervous system into a space of safety, where it feels safe to be, have, or do that particular thing, then we can spend a lot of time, energy, money trying to get it right in our heads and still not see results. So this is why I always speak about the fact that in order to really attract and magnetize the things that we want in relationship, in our lives, in our businesses, in our leadership, we get to become the space for it. We get to amplify and expand our container in order to do, have, be that thing. So I like this analogy of like a really small apartment. When we have unprocessed trauma stored in our nervous systems, in our, in our somatic bodies, when we have um, an overwhelmed nervous system, when we have stagnant energy stuck in our bodies and all of those things that we haven't dealt with, and we're constantly on a daily basis overwhelming and stressing our nervous systems, the, the capacity that we have, the container that we hold, it's pretty tiny. It's quite small. So then because of that, the things that we are able to feed into that container are less, 
right? So I think about this like really small, tiny New York apartment, you know, the typical New Yorker apartment that's like really tiny, really small. And you're trying to fit in like a huge golden piano. You're trying to fit in this huge thing. You buy the thing. You can buy the thing. You can like willpower, go and get the thing. But then how do you fit it in into the apartment? All of a sudden you get it to the top of the stairs and you realize it doesn't fit in through the door and it doesn't fit in through the windows. And even if you undid the whole piano and build it all again inside the apartment, which would cost a fortune, even then it wouldn't fit in. Like it literally does not fit in. So the same thing happens when we're trying to magnetize certain things into our lives. We can sometimes through willpower or investing a lot of money or um, just pushing ourselves to attract something. We can sometimes attract those things into our lives. We can attract the clients or the money or the relationship or whatever it is. But if we don't have the space to fit it in, we'll either push it away faster than we called it in. We are going to sabotage it in whatever ways. I see this a lot. Why do we think there's so many stories about people that win the lottery? They win millions of dollars and they're broke right after. Or really like big celebrities and um, musicians or singers, uh, NBA players, all of these people that have stories like that. People that make incredible amounts of money but lose it all again. Why? Because their container wasn't fitted to hold that thing. So when we are wanting to manifest and magnetize things into our lives, we need to understand that our capacity to hold those things must expand as well. It's like trying to fit in a really big fist in a really tiny plate. It just doesn't work. So you're wanting to expand your capacity, expand your container. And we do this through different series of work. Um, I support a lot of my clients in my mastermind with this. And this is one of the first modules in it. We do work on building the containers so that you can have the relationship that you want to have so that you can have the lifestyle the business the leadership the impact that you want to have otherwise you can invest so much money time and energy into getting it right in your head and nothing is going to change yes i agree with that i think it's we're focusing on the wrong thing like focusing on the mind first is not helpful and we've really gone to that as a society right now we're like change your thoughts, change your, you know, it's all in the mind. It's like, we have to start in the body. If you go back to like ancient texts too, like they always started from the root up and we're starting from the top down. It's like, you might be able to, but you're making it so much harder. And it's just like, just start from root to rise. You know, it's like, it's so good. And I love that analogy you gave us. <laughs> it really helps to have that visual, visual yeah. capacity. And and so when you start to do this, doesn't that bring in more ease and grace and makes things less difficult, right? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, because we have certain patterns in the mind and we are really well trained in thinking certain things and uh, believing certain things and attachments to a specific personality or identity and who we think we are and how we think we need to behave and what we think, 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 think. Um, those things at the start still continue to come. I've had many moments in my life where I did a really, I took a really big leap when it came to expanding my container, but then my mind still was thinking those things and, and um, used to certain habits and certain patterns. 
in saying that, um, what you may experience is that while the mind still plays out and you still hear those thoughts, maybe they don't have as much power. They don't feel like truth in your body. So that's a big difference. It's the difference between telling yourself the positive affirmations and like, I am powerful. I am going to manifest and nine figure business and I'm gonna attract my king or my queen and all of that stuff but in your body it doesn't feel true it doesn't feel safe it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel like you deserve it or you can have it or you so you push it away it's the difference between that and maybe having some of those thoughts of like I'm not worthy and I can't do it and whatever but feeling like none of your body is activated or rings true when that thought comes online so you can hear the thought, but do it anyway. There's a next level of confidence. There's another level of empowerment. There's another level of certainty. There's another, another level of grace and another level of safety because we've done this work. So as you said, from the root up makes a lot more sense. Yes, yes, that's so great. And that just, I mean, I'm still definitely doing a lot of nervous system healing because I've only recently learned about it probably in the last six months. but wow like just feeling those differences like why well, my body can feel safe like and yeah. you know a lot of us live so disconnected from our bodies we don't even like I've been talking to friends about it. they're like I never feel safe I never feel safe in my body I'm like whoa like that's not okay mm -hmm. <laughs> and so yeah it's so the work you're doing is so beautiful and I'm so grateful for you for sharing this with the world and um, making this kind of impact because this is the knowledge that people need to be learning mm, thank you Yes. And so I'd love for you to share what you're offering right now and how people can find you. Yeah, thank you so much. So you can find me at Secretasius on Instagram, Facebook, website, all of the things. Um, you will find the most amount of value in content on Instagram. I don't touch Facebook as much. Um, my name is one of those names that you probably want to check the show notes to know how to spell. But S-I-G-R-I-D-T-A-S-I-E-S, Secretasius. And I share a lot of content on Instagram. I also have a podcast called Sacred Leaders. And I have a lot of amazing content over there as well. And what I'm offering at the moment, actually, we're starting at the end of October with the next round of my six-month mastermind called The Embodied Woman. And this is a six-month sacred initiation into your fullest expression of womanhood and your gifts. So for those of you listening that are women, leaders, coaches, mission-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, healers, teachers, really wanting to step into a whole new level of embodiment and authenticity and self-expression when it comes to your womanhood, your experience as a human, and definitely your leadership as well, um, then this might be for you. So I encourage everybody to check it out, secretasis.com forward slash the embodied woman. And I imagine you'll put that link in the show notes as well. And um, yeah, that's my absolute favorite creation so far. The women in the last round had incredible life-changing experiences. There's definitely a before and after this mastermind. Oh, so magical. Thank you so much for sharing and being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.